Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm your host, Dan Dickow, with a special guest today, someone who is going to join the Gonzaga Media Network in a minute, and we will share exactly what his part will be. I'm excited to hear more about his thoughts and what he wants to provide. But without further ado, former Gonzaga baseball player, Michael Jackson. Michael, thanks for joining. Ah, it's a pleasure. Good to see you, Dan. Absolutely. So you and I went to Gonzaga around the same time, early 2000s. Um, from our conversations in the past, there was something about Gonzaga that hooked you. Once you got on campus, once you became a part of the school, the community, the baseball team, and has kept you in Spokane and close to the university ever since. Give us a quick synopsis of, of why Gonzaga, how it came to be, and then what it's meant to you since then. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to 1997, right? That's when I started to be a, a recruited by different universities, had an opportunity to go to different schools on recruiting trips like all athletes get to that have an opportunity to play at uh, the collegiate level. Um, something just clicked when I got on the Gonzaga campus, you know, had an opportunity to meet uh, the coaching staff at the time. It was head coach Steve Hertz, pitch, uh, hitting coach Mark Maktoff, um, assistant coach Travis Jewett, right? And uh, there was just this unique family atmosphere, this aspect that it meant more than just going to play baseball. Uh, you got to witness um, how players uh, spoke about the, the coaches, how the coaches treated the players. Uh, that wasn't the same when you went on to campuses like UCLA or, or even other WCC schools like LMU or Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. It, that just wasn't there. They were recruiting you to come play baseball. Uh, here you had an opportunity, it felt like, to become part of a almost a brotherhood, part of a community. Um, and, and when I chose to come here, uh, that was almost putting it too lightly, right? I mean, it's uh, my first alumni game that we took place the first fall when I was a freshman in 99. Uh, we probably had 70 guys come back. I mean, this is baseball. 70 guys come back, and it was a gigantic, almost like fraternity get-together, like a family reunion. Um, you know, that's when you realize how special Gonzaga University is, right? And uh, I've got a little bit of a unique tie because I played here, but I also uh, married my wife of almost 20 years, Heather, uh, formerly known as Heather Hertz, so my coach's daughter. So in an essence of uh, truly being a family, Gonzaga's become that family, right? You look at the, the number of brother and sister-in-laws that have degrees from GU, uh, relationships that I still have today that I continue to gain from the university um, is something that I could have never even fathomed as a 17, 18 year old recruitable athlete, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that uh, I, I think America is starting to see through Gonzaga basketball. Uh, they get to see how special GU is. You get to, it's just a different vibe, right? We hear the jokes, America's team and things like that, but the reality is it's, it's an amazing program with an amazing story, more importantly, an amazing integrity. And I, it's, uh, it's just something that I, I don't think is uh, easily comparable to anywhere else in the country. It is pretty special. And, and you started touching on a, a lot of different topics that I know you're going to dive into uh, with the podcast that you're going to begin hosting. Uh, but I think the big theme uh, for me is, you know, 
the uniqueness of Gonzaga and that people are finally starting to see with, you know, Gonzaga Nation SI, the, po- the project that we're working on here through SB Live Sports is, you know, basketball is just the, the starting point to be able to allow other people in other sports to be to be able to tell their stories. We're glad to have you on board now to tell your stories. We're going to be diving into other sports uh, and other avenues where, where other former student athletes like yourself um, can share their memories and experiences. When you look back at memories and experiences, is there one that you can look back and say, I can't believe that just happened? And I'm sure there's a lot of them, and that's a loaded question. Um, but give us one or two quick memories that just makes you think, I don't think that could have happened at any other university. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, you have a, you have a treasure trove of them, right? And when you start talking about, uh, Gonzaga baseball, right? It was the essence of we, uh, it would have been my sophomore year, my sophomore year. Uh, uh, we had an opportunity to, uh, share in the WCC title, right? GU hadn't been to the WCC title game in uh, quite some time, right? And uh, we inched our way. We say we backed our way into the championship a little bit on this last weekend against LMU, right? And we kind of creep our way into it. Uh, and we find out after losing the homestand, pretty anticlimactic, right? That we tied for the WCC title, right? And all I can tell you is remembering standing out in right field, we're in a team huddle, all of us uh, out there waiting, wondering, thinking that we probably potentially flushed it away, right? And out comes head coach, you know, Steve Hertz coming out like uh, uh, an eight-year-old on Christmas morning, right? His arms are in the air. He's running at us, right? Full blast, not the smallest guy in the world, right? Coming at you full blast with this grin on his face. And the celebration that occurred in the outfield, the dog pile, the fun. Um, I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it now. I mean, because I've got friends that were a part of that team that, um, I mean, I spent the weekend with Sam Hess today. He was one of our catchers back then. And I mean, this weekend, And when you, to be able to go through that with individuals like that, but more importantly, to see the celebratory face, what it meant to Coach Hertz. It wasn't about Coach Hertz, Hertz's accolades. Um, it wasn't about his record. Um, it, it was the fact that his team, this group of guys, uh, this group of guys who went through injuries early in the year, uh, especially on the bump, found a way to win, right? And that was always Hertz's motto, was find a way, right? Play him to the bus. And so I'll always say that was the first moment that when you truly kind of dig down deep, you realize you're in the right spot, you're with the right guys, and you're playing for the right group of gentlemen that are your coaches. I love that. And I, I know speaking from my own personal experiences with the basketball team, there are similar recollections that I have uh, and that Adam Morrison and I have shared some of those same ones during the course of our uh, shows this year. Uh, can't wait to hear more of those from you, but tell us a little bit about this year's baseball team, because uh, obviously the focus has been so Gonzaga basketball dominant, but now that their season's over uh, the baseball team, deserves some attention and rightfully so top 20 in the country. Give us a quick overview of what's going on on the diamond uh, in at Gonzaga. They're a special group, you know, and I'll, and I'll kind of lead into it a little bit this way is that uh, what Gonzaga basketball has done over the last 20, 25 years has been uh, 
arguably unmatched or extraordinary in the country, right? I, I want to kind of go back 15, 16 years, maybe into the early 2000s when uh, we were really starting to prove that we were going to be there every single year, that we had athletes on the team like you that could go excel at the next level, right? It was starting to uh, prove its weight across the country. Uh, that, that's where I really see Gonzaga baseball today, right? So 15, 16 years later, uh, you start to watch uh, a team that is, remember, we, we live in a city that's four seasons. Uh, two of those seasons are not the best for baseball, right? They're just not. And you, you start to look at it. We have to work all winter indoors versus the UCLA's, the Texas, the Florida's, the Vanderbilt's. They can practice outdoors all year long, right? So we can't do that. So usually we tend to have a slow start. Uh, what, what this team this year, we're 18 and seven. We're 13 and three on the road. Okay? We're 13 and three. We just came out this morning. We're 15th in the country. We had an opportunity to go sweep at Oklahoma State. If anybody's a collegiate baseball fan, okay, and hears that Gonzaga University in early spring goes to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and takes three from the Cowboys, um, uh, should be clamoring at wanting to come and watch these boys. Because, I mean, it, it, you don't do that by fluke. You might win one. You might win two. But you don't sweep Fullerton, sweep Oklahoma State, and frankly, win every series all year long, right? And you, and you do it with what could potentially be not only the best starting rotation on the pitcher's mound, in the, in, I would say at least in recent memory, I go back and maybe even say historically, Coach Hertz will kind of challenge me on that a little bit. We'll have him on one of the shows, I promise you that. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but you look at this starting rotation, uh, we've tended to always be one pitcher shy of an opportunity to extend beyond a regional to get to a super regional. Uh, we, we've got four guys on our team that throw the ball at 95 miles an hour plus. I mean, that, that's so hard for me to even still get my arms around it. I do color for the, the home games, right? I mean, it's still hard to get my arms around it, but you're, you're starting to see, uh, the makings of an unbelievable, unbelievably special roster. You're seeing it with the youngest roster in the WCC. So think about that. We're first place in the WCC. I understand it's early April, right? But we're the youngest team. We're in first place. Okay, uh, We're 15th in the country as of this morning. Uh, we're doing it with an injury to one of our starting pitchers, which shows our depth, which I think is huge. Uh, and, and then on top of that, let's go to the professional ranks. Cause I mentioned, you know, athletes like yourself, Dan, you look at it. We've got Marco Gonzalez with the Seattle Mariners, right? Taylor Jones. I mean, we can go through the line list of Eli Morgan, Jason Bay, right? Clayton Mortensen you can go as far back as Mike Davey, Tom Gorman, but we're starting to gain the clout at the professional levels that the athletes that come out of this program have staying power. And I think it's, uh, I'm really excited to give people a glimpse into that program, uh, to show you a little bit of kind of uh, what's in the sausage, so to speak. Uh, because when you, when you get to know Mark Maktoff and you get to know Brandon Harmon and Sean Winston, Evan Wells, and uh, obviously the one and only Danny, Danny Evans, uh, this, is not, this, this isn't a fluke. 
this is a program that's got staying power. And I think you're going to start to see it start to make more and more noise on the national level. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more by you having guests on your podcast, your show, uh, and you just telling stories about Gonzaga baseball. So without further ado, I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit more. Your new podcast is going to be called Around the Horn, a unique glimpse into Gonzaga baseball. This will be brought to you by the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Tell us a little bit more about your goals for hosting a, a show each week. Yeah, you know, the baseball to me, I always say define nine innings of baseball. It's kind of like a really good book. You don't know what you're going to get into it, right? Everyone's got a different interpretation. Uh, the, the one thing, the fingerprint about Gonzaga baseball is the unique personal, personalities that make it up, right? Their thought process, their approach. And so what we really want to kind of achieve at the end of the day is to put those personalities in front of us, right? Get 20 to 30 minutes a week with them. Past players, current coaches, right? other unique individuals that are tied to the program and get their glimpse, right? Ask them their unique stories, their questions, their thought, right? And, and then really start to paint a picture. So when you get to watch Gonzaga baseball, whether you get to watch them on TV, you get to watch them in person, uh, you, you'll start to draw a connection to them, right? You'll start to draw that affinity to them. And, and it's, uh, to me, Mark Magtoff, who's now the head coach, was the hitting coach when I was here, right? Fall 1999, he comes into our locker room, this little tiny locker room behind, well, you know where it was in the Martin Center, right? Tucked in the corner, you know, and we're sitting there on couches that we got at a garage sale, right? Those were ours. And he comes in and he's giving us our pep talk speech, kind of laying the law for fall ball. And uh, he takes a deep breath and he looks around and he goes, gentlemen, uh, you have enough talent in this room to shock a nation. I'll remember it for the rest of my life, right? We had the makings of, of Jason Bay in that room. We had the, you know, I mean, multi-year Major League Baseball player, Silver Slugger, Rookie of the Year, All-Star, right? Um, but those words, right? You have enough talent in this room to shock a nation. Uh, there's enough talent in the clubhouse at Gonzaga University this season to shock the nation. And I think 15th in the country is just kind of scratching the surface. And we kind of want to give you a little bit of a glimpse into that. Well, I love it. I can't wait to hear more uh, stories from yourself and your guests. Thanks for joining today and giving us a little bit of a glimpse of what your baseball podcast around the horn is going to be all about. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. I'm really excited. I look forward to it.